Today on the Matt Wall Show, the left now wants to defund the police. Uh, today, we'll we'll try to understand what that actually means, and uh, and and who could be crazy enough to support it. That's the other question. We'll try to try to get get into all of that today. Also, five headlines, including Mitt Romney going full BLM, and in our daily cancellation, I'm going to cancel all the people who are trying to cancel J.K. Rowling because she said that men can't have periods. Uh, that is a, obviously a very controversial statement these days. And so she's being canceled for, th- for that, but I'm going to reverse cancel them. It's a very confusing, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult maneuver to pull off, but I'm going to try to do that at the end of the show today. Okay, so we begin with this, defunding the police, uh, the latest brilliant idea to be proposed by our friends on the left. They want to defund the police, and unless you think that, um, that this is nothing but a delusional pipe dream. Well, it is delusional, of course, but it isn't just a dream. This is something that they're actually setting out to do. Minneapolis is moving in this direction right now as we speak. A veto-proof majority of Minneapolis city council members have already announced their intention to um, disband and defund the police department in the city. The mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, you know, he hasn't been been paying very much attention to everything that's been going on. Um, he'd already let violent mobs rampage through the city for two weeks. He let them burn down a precinct. He let them do whatever they want to. And here's what he's been up to while all this is going on. Is it any wonder that a man wearing pants like that would be unfit to govern? But the dancing mayor, um, he got a dose of reality this weekend, finally, when he went to a Black Lives Matter demonstration. And after they did the Macarena and the cha-cha slide and the YMCA, uh, after all that had been concluded, he was asked about this idea of getting rid of the police. And here's how that went for him. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? What did I say? We don't want no more police. Is that clear? We don't want people with guns toting around in our community, shooting us down. You have an answer. It is a yes or a no. It is a yes or a no. Will you defund the Minneapolis Police Department? All right, be quiet, y'all. Be quiet, because it's, it's, it's important that we actually hear this. It's important that we hear this, because if y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. If y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. And if he says no, guess what the f*** we gonna do next year? Now this is, uh, uh, 
what you just saw there, I keep in mind, as I said, this guy let the BLM radicals do whatever they want, burn down a police precinct, burn down half the city, loot, pillage, assault, attack police officers, you know, everything. He gave them free reign. Okay. He watched the purge. Basically he watched the purge and took it as a how-to video for mayors. And after all of that, he still got cussed out and booed off the stage because he had the audacity to suggest that maybe we shouldn't officially and totally get rid of the law enforcement permanently. You know, he wouldn't go that far. He said, yeah, I mean, you could burn stuff down. for. I'll give you like two weeks to burn down whatever you want, do whatever you want, assault, kill people, yeah, do what you want. Uh, you want to burn down here? You want to burn down a police priest? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Just but, but, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Still, not enough. Not enough for them. And this is what happens with the left. They will never be happy. They will never be satisfied. They will never be satiated. Nothing you do will ever be enough, especially if you're a white man. If you're a white man, forget it. You're the villain and there's nothing you can do. And that's, that's the lesson that Jacob Fry is learning right now. Um, that you can't, and, and here's the other thing. By kowtowing and submitting and apologizing and groveling, you're not going to let you're not going to make them be nice to you, except maybe temporarily. Okay, that's what Jacob Fry was expecting. He thought at least they'd be nice to him. Well, they're not being nice to him, but especially you're not going to make anyone respect you that way. Maybe they'll be nice to you temporarily in a certain context uh, until you say you don't want to defund the police, and then they and then they cuss you out and ca- I mean they're talking to the mayor that way. Can we just? All of these, there's so much that we've been seeing over the last two weeks and, and, and really, you know, over the last few years that it's, it's all become so normal to us. But even just that video, right, they take everything else aside, just that video of the mayor of a city being treated that way, like 10 years ago, that would have been unthinkable. And now it's just, eh, yeah, it's a video you see and you move on from it. Um, but... What you see there is a, a total lack of respect for this guy. They have no respect for him whatsoever. And can you blame them? I'm not sitting here saying they should respect him. Why would you respect a mayor who just let you burn down the city? Um, and I, as I said, I don't, I don't feel sorry for him, even if it did look like he was going to cry there a little bit. I do feel sorry for the law-abiding citizens of Minneapolis, all 14 of them, who now are about to have their city taken over permanently by the mob, and there's nothing they can do about it. Now, this idea of defunding the police has gained steam rapidly, not just in Minneapolis. Uh, It has, like so many crazy leftist ideas, gone from fringe to mainstream at light speed. It goes from, you gotta get a few radical people talking about it, to it's it's everywhere. And this is where, you know, the, the mainstream media is very helpful in this regard for the left. It's what we call it the mainstream media. They can take these fringe radical leftist ideas and inject them right into the bloodstream of the mainstream. And, uh, and this is what they've been doing with this. Now, if you're wondering what this actually means, what it would look like, um, what the implications are of an idea like this. Well, the thing is, the people proposing it aren't really answering those questions. All we get are emotional appeals, shouting, screaming. That's all they have. Um, the best I could do, and I've been looking around just to see like what, 
okay, you're saying defund the police. I already know it's a crazy idea, but t- tell me about it. What, what do you even really mean by that? And it's very hard to get answers to that question. But I did find a few answers from a few different sources, and I want to uh, get into those, and, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Eero. You know, um, I've had the experience of, uh, especially where I live, kind of out, out in the middle of nowhere, uh, of having horrible Wi-Fi service. And for the job that I do, that, that could be very, causes a lot of problems. But even without this job, um, you know, considering how connected we are, everything's online these days, you got to have good Wi-Fi. Eero is the Wi-Fi your home deserves, blanketing your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi. And it's not just inside, but outside, too. Eero extends your coverage so you can enjoy the nicer weather and get work done by your deck. You know, we have a, I like to spend a lot of time out on our back porch. Um, before Eero, I haven't been able to get the internet out there, but now I can. Eero eliminates poor coverage, dead spots, and buffering. You'll have a consistently strong single signal wherever you go. Eero sets up in minutes, plugs right into your modem, and uh, your, or your router box, and you manage it from a from a very simple app. It's all very simple, very quick. That's what it's all about with with uh, with this sort of thing. I think simple and quick. You can get yours fixed as soon as tomorrow. If you're having Wi-Fi issues, go to eero.com/walsh. Enter code Walsh at checkout to get free next day shipping with your order. That's eero.com/walsh. Code Walsh at checkout to get your Eero delivered with free next day shipping. You must use this URL to receive this offer. So again, that's eero.com slash Walsh, E-E-R-O.com slash Walsh, code Walsh. All right. um, So what does this actually mean, defund the police? Um, I looked around. It's it's hard to get answers. I did find this from CNN. Uh, Headline, there's a growing call to defund the police. Here's what it means. All right. Um, And then it goes into it says there's a growing group of dissenters who believe Americans can survive without law enforcement as we know it. And Americans, uh, those dissenters believe, may even be better off without it. The solution to police brutality and racial inequalities is police in policing is simple, supporters say. Just defund the police. It's as straightforward as it sounds. Instead of funding a police department, a sizable chunk of a city's budget is invested in communities, especially marginalized ones where much of the policing occurs. Um, But, and then it goes on, does defunding the police mean disbanding the police? That depends on who you ask, said Philip McHarris, a doctoral candidate in sociology at Yale University and lead research and policy associate at the Community Resource Hub for Safety and Accountability. Some supporters of divestment want to reallocate some but not all funds away from police departments to social services. Some want to strip all police funding and dissolve departments. The concept exists on a spectrum. The leftists love their spectrums. Everything's on a spectrum with them. But both, both interpretations center on reimagining what public safety looks like. This is interesting, isn't it? Usually we're told that the way to fix a problem is to throw money at it. Want to fix the schools? Dump money into it. Oh, the problem isn't fixed yet? Just dump some more money into it. Oh, still not fixed? Well, I know we'll do it. More money. And on and on into infinity. But with police, apparently, the solution is to take money away. Perhaps all money, all funding. This is this is honestly the only area where, where the left would ever suggest that taking money away is how you solve the problem. With everything else, especially where the government is concerned, it's all about more money, more money, more money. And so maybe if, if they're capable of, of connecting these dots, which I don't think they are, but maybe they should start to think, if you really believe 
that these police departments have too much money, you should take some of it away or all of it? Well, then think about the schools. Why, why, do you think, why do you think that more money there is going to fix the problems? Um, one other point about what I just read before we get to the main point. It says that black Americans don't feel protected by the police. Um, I, I don't think I read that part. It says, it also means dismantling the idea that police are public stewards meant to protect communities. Many black Americans and other people of color don't feel protected by police, McCarra said. Okay. So they don't feel protected. Um, all right. And, and maybe that's how some of them feel. And, and I'm sorry that they feel that way. But the reality, the actual reality is that black Americans, like white Americans, are protected by the police. Okay, Cops protect black people. They do. They die protecting black people. In fact, in the city especially, many cops are black themselves. So these are black police officers protecting other black people. Now, not all of them do. There are some bad cops out there. But the majority, this is what they do. What the left wants to do is get rid of law enforcement, not based on any reality or in response to any reality, but based on how people feel in response to feelings. Uh, it's, it's, you, know, you often hear this claim that cops are a leading cause of death for young black men. I'm sure you've seen that over the last couple of weeks. A leading cause of death. A leading cause of death. Which makes you wonder, is it a leading cause? Okay, it's a leading cause. Is it like top three? Is it number one? Is it top five? The answer is no. Okay, it's way down there on the list. And it, it does make you wonder, um, what causes of death come before police on that list? If we're worried about the leading causes of death, what are the causes of death that are much more common than police? And we know one of them, you know, the, the, the cause of death for young black men that far, far, far outpaces police is other young black men. Okay, you look at the homicide rate, the, the hundreds of homicides that happen in every single major city in America every single year. Vast majority of them are young black men being killed, and in the vast majority of cases, they're being killed by other young black men and not ones that have a badge and a uniform. So you get rid of police. What happens then? Do those murders magically stop? Do people just stop? Okay, you get rid of police, and now no one's going to be killed by police anymore. Yeah, because they're not around to kill you. Fine. But there are a whole lot of people who are getting killed by, by, by those who are not in the police department. And what happens to them? Do all of the murderers just say, well, police aren't around anymore. I guess we'll stop killing. No, um, I don't think the murders magically stop. And if they don't magically stop, who investigates those crimes and seeks justice for them? Who goes and pursues the criminals? Who puts them in jail? Or do we not care about justice for those victims? Now, this is the most obvious question raised by the concept of defunding the police. If we don't have police, what do we do when someone is murdered or raped or robbed or carjacked or experiences any of the other eventualities common to people who live in the city or just visit it from time to time? And here's the pretty incredible thing, or perhaps not so incredible. The people who've advanced this proposal of defunding the police, they don't have an answer for this question. In most cases, they just don't answer it. That's their answer. They don't have one. They don't bother answering it. 
You know, the, the question that you would think that the first question you'd think they'd come up with some kind of answer for is this, because it's the first thing anyone's going to say. Well, we should defund the police. First response is going to be, what do you mean? What about the murderers? What are we going to do about them? They have no answer for that. Their plan is no plan. This is mob mentality personified. A lot of anger, a lot of yelling, many demands are made. No plan, nothing coherent, nothing concrete. And I've looked. Because I'd be very interested for someone who could come up with some kind of coherent plan for what we do about robbers, murderers, carjackers, etc. Um, if we don't have police. And there's no answer. Now, the president of Minneapolis, if, if you don't believe me that there's no plan here, the president of the Minneapolis City Council, who's one of the people who's actually going, working towards enacting this uh, utopia of no police, she was asked this question on CNN. And we're going to get to her response in a second. Um, but before we do, I want to tell you about Rad Power Bikes. And I've told you that they're one of the sponsors uh, on this show, uh, and we really appreciate them. Um, what I love about it is a lot of people have been cooped up in our homes, right? Um, and we've been, we've been you know, not able to get out as much. Um, and this is where, you know, now people are finally leaving their homes again. You get a rad power bike. It's just a lot of fun. Whether you want a new way to commute or to, you know, to get around the city, or you just want to get out in nature, whatever the case is, you've got to try rad power bikes. Just give it a try and you're going to love it. I guarantee it. Uh, it's a great alternative to public transportation, you know, um, uh, especially these days. And it's kind of a cross between a traditional bike and a moped but it doesn't require a special driver's license. So there's no extra hoops you have to jump through. There's no red tape or anything. You can go 20 miles per hour without pedaling. So you can get out and about without getting all sweaty. Um, that's another, you know, you can get from point A to point B. And when you get there, you're not going to be dripping with sweat. Um, now, other e-bikes, if you've looked at them, they're usually, you know, you're going to cost, cost you three, dollars $4,000. But these bikes start at $1,200 and all of them are under $1,500. So it's fun. It's easy. Uh, it's affordable. It's everything you could possibly want. And to show appreciation for those that serve us, Rad Power Bikes is offering $100 off all e-bike purchases for active ex-military, um, for first responders, teachers, and students. You get all of that. Rad Power Bikes offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. Right now, as a limited time offer, get a free accessory with the purchase of a bike. That's right. You get a free gift of up to $100 in value and free shipping to the lower 48 states. To get this special offer, text the word BIKE to 64000. That's BIKE to 64,000, text bike to 64,000. Now, um, the president of Minneapolis City Council was asked this question on CNN about what do, what do you do about crime if we don't have police? And here's what her response was. We have a state action against our police department, which gives us legal mechanisms in the very short term. You know, there's lessons from all over the country, all over the world that we're looking to, yeah. um, to take immediate steps while we work toward building the systems that we would need to imagine that that future. Do you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors and I know and, and myself, too. And I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like 
to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. So there you go. If somebody is breaking into your home and you want to call the cops, that's just because of your privilege. That's the answer. It's your privilege, which, which, by the way, of course, is not actually an answer to the question. But uh, that's that's how she feels. So what should you do? Someone breaks into your home, I guess, lie prostrate on the ground, apologize for your whiteness, invite the home invader to take whatever he wants or whoever he wants. The TV, the couch, your wallet, your firstborn, I mean, whatever he wants. Go ahead and take it. And don't forget this. I think this is kind of basic etiquette, um, is that uh, uh, when the home invader comes, uh, and of course, you're going you're gonna to allow them to take whatever they want, um, but also offer, uh, offer to let him kill you, or you, you, you could also give the option of killing yourself. So, because he may not want to get blood on his clothes. You have to understand, right? Because uh, he's in a, you understand from his perspective, okay? He's a home invader. He's coming to your home. He wants to take whatever he wants. Um, he's worried about you being a witness. Okay, so that's a that's a real obstacle he's facing right now. And think about how worried he is about that. Because don't just think about yourself. Stop, stop, stop being so selfish that you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself. Someone's in your home. They're stealing everything. They're kidnapping your children. Uh, and, and, and you know what are you doing? You're just thinking about yourself the whole time. You see, this is the problem. This is privilege. This is your narcissism talking. So if you don't have privilege and you want to prove it, then what you'll say is. Listen, I know you're worried about a witness. You can go ahead and kill me. Otherwise, I can jump out the window. You know, um, whatever you want. You let me know, and we'll just do this how you want to do it. Now, um, so that's, I guess that's her idea. To get a more specific answer to this question of what we should do about murderers and robbers and rapists if there are no police departments, uh, I was forced to go to TikTok, where all the answers are given in the form of dance, unfortunately. But... This was the most direct answer to this question that I could find, and it was on TikTok. And here it is. Okay, let's let's freeze it at the end there, um, with all the answers up on the screen. So you see all the answers there. This is brilliant stuff, isn't it? So who do we call? For ghosts, we call the Ghostbusters. I think we're all on board with that. Actually, I'd prefer to call the lady from Poltergeist. That's that's my preference. But you know, Ghostbusters, fine. Uh, of course, the lady Ghostbusters we're going to call. We're not going to call the men. That's patriarchal. Now, it says for domestic violence, rape, and assault, you call social workers and trauma response psychotherapists. So these people will come, and they'll make you feel better. Maybe prescribe some pills. As far as arresting the person who did this to you, you know, the person who raped or assaulted you, well, you're out of luck on that. That's where there's not going to be any justice. Let's not go crazy here. He's just going to go find the next victim, and those psychotherapists will be close behind, right on his heels, giving out drugs to all of his victims while he just continues on, and, uh, and that's going to be the system. Now, for theft, it says social workers with defensive armor will come. And the CNN article that I read, by the way, also said the same thing. They did briefly address this question, uh, and it says that uh, social workers and victim rights advocates would take the place of police. So you call 911, you know, it's like, 911, what's your emergency? Uh, Yeah, I'm at the bank, and there's a guy here with a gun. He's taking me hostage. 
Well, sir, remain calm. A victim's rights advocate will be there promptly with a sternly worded letter. Everything will be fine. And if he happens to kill you, don't panic about that. There will be a psychotherapist. They'll give antidepressants to your family. This isn't even really funny, actually, because this is, this is like an absurd, outlandish parody of liberalism, except it's real life. This is really what they're proposing. This idea of replacing police officers with psychotherapists and social workers in defensive armor. This is the kind of thing that you would, you would make up if you were creating a satire of liberalism. And then for violent threats, it says on-call community defenders will be uh, the replacements. On-call community defenders. You know, we used to have a word for people like that. They're on call. You could call. There's like a special number you could call, and their job is is to defend the community. What do we used to call those people? What were they? It's a, police. Yeah, that's what it was. Now let's let's for a second um, climb down from the clouds. Okay, climb down from this fantasy world and talk about the reality, okay, the actual reality. What would actually happen if you get rid of the police? If there are no police in a city or anywhere else. What happens? Well, the first thing is, if you're rich, good news, nothing happens to you. Um, Rich people can hire armed security. They can hire private detectives. They can hire people to perform the the role of police for them privately. And that's where many of the fired and disbanded police officers will go. They're going to go into private security, and they're going to continue doing the sort of thing they did before, except now they're doing it for hire uh, by rich people. As for the non-rich people like you and me, well, we're going to be at the mercy of criminals and thugs. And the streets will be ruled by vigilante mobs and armed militias. um, And that's what's going to happen. That's what has happened in every country without reliable law enforcement. We don't need to speculate about this. Just look at any failed state, look at any third world country, and that's what you find. You find warlords and mercenaries and vigilantes and armed militias. And this is a situation that the left now seeks to create. Also, keep in mind the. we're going to move on from this in a second, but keep in mind the, 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 the irony uh, here of this and the contradiction of it, that it was just a few weeks ago that we were talking about the Ahmaud Arbery case, and, and we were told that you know, we, can't have vigil, we can't have armed vigilantes going and chasing people down. Just call the police. You're not a police officer. You shouldn't be doing this. And now the same people who said that and I agreed with them on that, by the way, that we, we, we'd rather have police than armed vigilantes. Now they're saying, let's get rid of the police. But what are we going to do? Expect coherence from these people? Expect them to be consistent? No, can't expect that. When you're dealing with people who are ruled entirely by emotion, uh, this, is what, this is what you get. All right, let's go to uh, your news headlines. Number one, Mitt Romney joined a Black Lives Matter protest over the weekend. Here he is. Um, Black Lives Matter, he says, and he's got, the, he's got the selfie there. That's what you do when you really believe in a cause, right? When you're there because you believe in it, you take a selfie and you put it on Twitter. That's what you do. Um, and this is part of the, the thing I've been talking about over the last few weeks, Republicans endorsing Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is an extremist group. It's a violent group. These are radical leftists. Look at their website. Look at what they propose. I, I read some of it last week. 
you know, there's a lot more there. I mean, of course, th- they believe America is an inherently racist country. They believe that police are racist thugs out murdering black people. They believe that white supremacy is this, this, this uh, deadly threat that kills black people every single day in this country. None of that is true, of course. They also believe in, if you look at their website, they believe in disrupting the nuclear family. They believe in trying to get rid of heteronormative thinking, whatever that is. These are radical leftist ideas. And you've got Mitt Romney out chanting their slogan and marching with them. All right. Number two, the good news is that it looks like the NFL season will happen. The bad news is that we're going to do the whole kneeling thing again. Only this time, it'll be the kneeling thing on steroids. You, th- you thought we had, the, we, we, we had the whole thing with the kneeling the last few years. This is going to be every single game. It's going to be kneeling. And then Trump, you know, Trump is out tweeting about it. It's saying, don't kneel. And so that's going to encourage it even more. Um, so we're finally getting sports back, but sports are just going to be a platform for the continuance of the culture war, which, which it has been, of course, for a while. But now it's going to be that even worse. Uh, many players have announced their intention to kneel ahead of time, including this. Uh, the New York Post says running back Adrian Peterson is going to kneel. Now, I thought this was fascinating because Adrian Peterson, you may remember a few years ago, he was arrested because he beat his four-year-old son with a tree branch and left cuts and bruises all over his body. His son was apparently afraid to talk to police about it because he was afraid that, quote, Daddy Peterson, as he calls him, will punch him in the face. Okay? So this is what this guy does to a four-year-old child. Leaves him with cuts and bruises all over his body, beats him with a branch. And this guy is worried about inequality and violence. Yeah, sure. Okay. Number three, here's a picture I saw online yesterday. It's a picture of white people at a protest washing the feet of some black protesters. Um, I didn't want to believe this was real, so I looked it up. I found the video. And yes, my friends, this is this is very real. Watch this. It's all people. It's our honor to stand here on behalf of all classes, all of our white race, and we've just heard about one race in all of humanity, before we stand here, Lord, confessing, repenting, Lord, for our aggression, Lord, repenting for our pride, for thinking that we are better, that we are above, Lord, we repent, we stand here, we repent for our greed. Allow me to just say, as they're washing the feet and they're announcing that they're apologizing on behalf of the white race, on behalf of Caucasians, as a member of the white race, as a Caucasian myself, you are not apologizing on my behalf. I don't offer an apology. I don't owe an apology. So you are not apologizing on my behalf. Those people whose feet you're washing, I've done nothing to them. I owe them no apology. I don't give one. And the feet washing thing, yes, it is, it is a, a, a common practice among Christians. It's a, it's, a, it's a significant symbol. But you know, Jesus washed feet it, it, as, as a sign of humility and love. That's not what this is. 
especially when you're doing it performatively in front of a crowd of, of a, uh, you know, adoring onlookers. It's not about humility, actually. It's the opposite of that. And doing it as an apology on behalf of one race to another race, that is not biblical. It's also not sane. It's not sane behavior. Number four, and here, this, uh, this is from Uber Eats. Uh, they said, uh, this is a new policy. They said, uh, you asked for a way to find black-owned restaurants on Uber Eats. We listened. You can support an order from black-owned restaurants across the U.S. and Canada with a $0 delivery fee. So this is what they're doing now. Um, we've got a little bit of segregation. So if you, you, can, you can search for restaurants according to the race of the owner and avoid certain races you don't want. If you want to avoid white people, okay, you don't want to, you don't want to patronize a white establishment. You can, Uber's going to help you do that. And then they're going to, a $0 delivery fee for black-owned restaurants, what that actually means is they have a delivery fee essentially as a penalty for the restaurants that are not owned by black people. And this is, this is how we're going to bring about racial harmony, right? Is by segregation, breaking things down by race, financial penalties for certain races. I mean, this is how you, this is how you, you bring about a racially harmonious utopia, isn't it? Um, finally, let's get to our daily cancellation. Now, today I'm going to be canceling everyone who is trying to cancel J.K. Rowling. This is a rare defensive reverse cancellation, a DRC, as they call it in the business. Now, um, before I execute this, this DRC, let me just say that, yes, J.K. Rowling is a leftist. She has repeatedly, over the years, appeased and coddled the very mob that is now trying to cancel her. So this, this in some ways, is similar to the Jacob Fry situation. That video that we played is a very, very similar thing. But with that said, to Rowling's credit, um, she has recently been taking a stand on an important issue, and she's been taking all the slings and arrows that come from that. I respect that. And anyway, I will always defend anyone who stands for common sense and sanity, whether it's J.K. Rowling or anybody else. Even if you've, even if you've been on the side of insanity and lunacy and, ir- and irrationality for years, if you finally come over even slightly to the side of common sense and sanity, I will, I'll be right there with you. Um, because we need all the help we can get as far as I'm concerned. So that brings us to um, what J.K. Rowling said over the weekend. First, I think this is what started it. She reacted to a headline that included the phrase, people who menstruate. And she said, people who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wombin, wimbin, wumund. Um, Those all sound like uh, names from Harry Potter. But, and that tweet got 30,000 responses, many of them extremely angry. Because she's obviously in this tweet, she's insinuating that uh, you know women menstruate and men do not, and that is very offensive stuff. So Rowling then followed that with a series of tweets, uh, and I won't read all of them. But she says, if sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. And this, of course, set off a firestorm of criticism, much of it vicious and vulgar, as you might expect. Um, Meanwhile, what she said is inarguably true. I mean, the only part I didn't like is where she says lived reality. As I've said many times, it is pretentious and ridiculous to stick the word lived in front of a word like experience or reality, because all you can do with reality is live it. If If it is lived, then it is reality. If you're living it, it's reality. That aside, 
The stuff she says about sex is all correct. It's obvious. It's common sense. Totally uncontroversial for anyone who isn't insane and who has an IQ exceeding that of an oyster. Unfortunately, there are a lot of sub-oyster IQs out there, and there are a lot of um, maniacs and lunatics out there who don't want to hear basic reality. In fact, there's a whole political party and a whole ideology set up for these people. And it goes without saying, obviously, that none of the people attacking J.K. Rowling could offer any kind of counter-argument. Um, they couldn't offer any actual like reason why she's wrong about what she's saying. They couldn't do that. Instead, they kick and scream and demand that everyone abandon reality for their sake. And many people are very happy to comply. And this brings us back to a point that I made um, at the end of the show, I think maybe on Monday, it was last week sometime, that, you know, we, we, we live in, in a world right now where there are people, not you know, they want to get rid of the police department. We've got rampaging mobs in the street, and, and that's being endorsed by the left. The left saying men can have periods, and if you disagree with that, you're a hateful bigot. And should be shunned from polite society. Babies aren't people. We could kill 60 million of them and it's something to celebrate. On and on and on. Um, this is why I believe we are heading to, some, to a fracturing of some kind. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to manifest itself. I don't expect another bull run or Antietam anytime soon. But there will be some kind of split. There has to be. Because you have one side of the political divide that has so divorced itself from reality, has so rejected common sense and truth and decency and morality, that there is just no way for us to overcome that and ignore it and be united. This is what we've seen. I, I don't think there's any way around it. Um, the only question is, you know, what does it look like? But the people who want to live in a world with no law enforcement, where vigilante moms and, 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 you know, rule the streets, where we pretend that, that men can have periods, where we, kill, where we kill babies for the crime of being conceived. If you want to live in a country like that, then go have your country. I don't want to share it with you. And I think these differences are far too deep and too real and too significant and too fundamental to be hashed out and argued over. There is no compromise. There's no compromise between men can have periods and they can't. There's no compromise between biological reality and fantasy. There's no compromise between um, let's have no law enforcement and let's let, let's let violent mobs burn down police precincts and the other side of it. There, there's no like in-between. There just isn't. There's no compromise between babies aren't people, let's kill them, and babies are people, let's protect and love them. There's no in-between. And that's the reality that we're currently facing. Uh, as I said, where does it go from here? I don't know. But it's not going to a place of unity and harmony. That's just not going to happen, I'm afraid to say. And we will leave it there on uh, another very positive note, as always, with this show. So I thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. Every single issue that is taken up by the left quickly devolves into nonsense. Women or men stop using fossil fuels and now defund the police. It's dangerous, gibberish, and it's meant to be. It's a strategy, and we'll talk about it on The Andrew Claven Show.